This is an ABC podcast. I'm Jonathan Green. You're listening to Lost and Found. And this week, a vision of the future from the past. We are off to Brasilia. vision, one conjured by Brazil's made capital. We have experts on hand uh, who, who can guide me through these wild streets, these magnificent boulevards, these curved, crisp, white buildings, this infinity of roadway and concrete. Stylian Philippou is an architect and author of Oscar Niemeyer, Curves of Irreverence. Very early in the 20th century, uh, a group of Brazilian modernist artists in the 20s had uh, actually created a movement, they called it the cannibalist movement, Mm. which had conceived in this desire to pursue uh, an emancipation from a colonial legacy. They had created this movement that considered a strategy to unite the native with the foreign, but also to infect the civilizing inputs uh, with what was conceived as tropical, irrational, and primitive. So cannibalism, as they called it, uh, was meant to subvert all things European. It was also meant to carnivalize them. To, to show that Brazilians, as, as the manifesto itself put it, were never catechized. They made carnival. So although Niemeyer never referred explicitly to this movement, he actually, and the other Brazilian architects, and not only architects, artists, um, the landscape architect Roberto Burlemarch, very much tried to instrumentalize this Dionysian spirit that had been mm. associated with African religions and had been irrational and everything uh, exotic about Brazil. In order precisely to challenge this um, uh, European image of Brazil as primitive. You must remember that when the nation was created, the fashion philosophically at that time was with positivism. Vincente Del Rio is a professor emeritus at the City and Regional Planning Department at California Polytechnic. So the idea that the, the future will always be better if we embrace progress. And if you notice the Brazilian flag, the motto that's written there is order and progress. And modernism um, was a, uh, a new architectural language, an urban language that was uh, connected uh, symbolically to this vision forward, this erasing of the past and uh, tracing or designing a, a new future. At the same time, there was a populist dictator coming from the army, uh, Getulio Vargas, who was also trying to impose this idea of a modern state and kind of modernize the country with 
new industries, etc. So I think this conjunction of factors helped Brazil embrace modernism. One of the other factors that helped the country embrace that language was that Lucio Costa, who became a very famous architect, as you know, and designed Brasilia, he was a, a famous educator by then, and he had been raised partly in, in France. So he came back uh, to Brazil, and he was a teacher at the School of Architecture in Rio, which was one of the only ones in the country at that time. And at the same time, he worked for the Ministry of Education in Brazil. Mm. So he, he helped implement the idea of modernism and the whole language. Uh, and he was a great admirer of Le Corbusier. And he facilitated Le Corbusier's first visit to Brazil and Rio at that time in the late 20s. So that started the whole new uh, paradigm that was embraced by then. A choice of a single architect is an interesting statement here in this city. And well, I wonder what your impression of that is, whether that is to Brasilia's benefit or otherwise. It truly has helped achieve precisely this coherence of the ensemble of monumental civic buildings. But it was also a choice that was to some extent personal. Uh, Kubitschek was, when he was the president of who created Brasilia, had been the mayor of a city of Belo Horizonte. And uh, it was there that he had commissioned Niemeyer to design a group of structures around an artificial lake for a new suburb. And with precisely the same enthusiasm that Kupitschek would later dream of the most beautiful capital of the world, had uh, admired the most beautiful quarter of the world. So Niemeyer very often said, Pampulia was the beginning of Brasilia. He considered this project his personal uh, architectural manifesto. So when he was adopted as a single architect, uh, he was already the acknowledged hero of Brazil's modern national architecture. The desire for a monumentality for Brasilia was shared by both Lucio Costa, who designed the master plan, and Niemeyer, uh, for they saw Brazil as the Acropolis of the new Brazil. The president entrusted Niemeyer with his most ambitious scheme, a city which would herald the new age of Brazil. So there's a great sympathy there between the thinking of Lucio Costa and, and Niemeyer. Oh, absolutely. Um, Lucio Costa was the patron of uh, Oscar Niemeyer very early in his career. And he, uh, Lucio Costa was the patriarch of uh, Brazilian modernism. On that first visit to Brasilia, what building struck you most? Um, I wouldn't really uh, choose one particular <laughs> building. Um, it's very much what Nimaya tried to create was um, a perfectly orchestrated ensemble of buildings. Mm -hmm. But surely, um, I very much followed the typical route, uh, let's say, visiting, first of all, the Alvorada Palace, the presidential residence by the lake, and then, of course, at the city itself, 
I would suggest that this is a very good way to start uh, viewing Brasilia, um, chose to climb up the television tower, which uh, Costa himself actually designed, because this is exactly the point uh -huh. from which uh, his uh, capital of the highways and skyways, uh, as he always called it, can be fully appreciated. The shape of the plan is most often likened to that of an airplane. Mm. It's the most enduring icon of modern city planning and can be perfectly viewed from the television tower. The notion of the cross, more than there was no religion behind it, but just the, the, the symbol of taking possession of a territory, marking it with a cross. Uh, and then he also likens that structure of the, uh, the body and the two wings uh, with a bird on an airplane. So the idea, it's very simple, that the body of that bird is where the, all the ministries and the nerve system of the city would, would be located and the, and the wings would be the residential parts of the city. And you should also remember that Brasilia Modernism and Lucio Costa were very ingrained with the Charter of Athens precepts that charged that um, people had a right to live, work, educate, and recreate, right, and circulate, educate the body and the spirit. And this became land uses. So in America, we call that uh, Euclidean zoning. Euclidean zoning is that zoning that's very compartmentalized, right? Because it became from modernism. So because there were like four or five functions of the city, according to the chart of Athens, they translated that into four or five zones, very simplistic. So Brasilia has residential zone, right? And then they have a, a university zone. They have a central zone for hotels, central downtown for commerce. It's very modernist in that sense, a very um, uh, well-defined zone. There's no mix. Um, there's a, an old joke uh, in Brazil among people that says, oh, Brasilia, they don't have corners. <laughs> so there's no bar to go to because there's no corner uh, in Brasilia, in, which is a kind of, a, of course, an exaggeration, but it's a different structure. Take us uh, to the National Congress. The National Congress lies at the eastern tip of the monumental axis. The monumental axis is precisely the, the monumental creation of Lucio Costa's master plan. And it is the decisive landmark that marks the virgin skyline of Brasilia. And Niemeyer took great pains, very much conforming to the plan, to ensure that the panoramic vista along the axis continued unimpeded beyond the building and up to the square of the three powers when one finds the three uh, most important buildings perhaps in the city of Brasilia, the National Congress, the Palace of the Executive and the Supreme Court. For the National Congress itself, Niemeyer decided to monumentalize the horizontal dimension. Uh, quite unusual as a gesture, but very powerful in a landscape characterized by 360 degrees of horizon and 180 mm. degrees of sky, as Costa always said. And he decided to separate the functions formally, which allowed him to configure the building as an artificial landscape. 
to shape the city's definitive skyline and celebrate rather than merely serve its program. So we see there concave uh, saucer-like form of the large chamber of deputies, which symbolized the openness of the lower house towards the electorate, elegantly partnered with the shallow dome of the Senate, turned inwards towards the legislative task. And between the two, we have the twin towers of the Secretariat, which float in a pool to the east of the main building. Yes, it's, it, it is remarkable um, and a tribute, I guess, to the, the socially suggestive power of architecture to encapsulate those democratic ideals, to encapsulate the democratic function of that structure uh, within its form. Absolutely. And um, Niemeyer's monumentalization of the legislature corresponds to both his and Costa's um, ideal of parliamentary democracy. Mm. They ignore, of course, Brazilian political reality, where the judiciary and the <laughs> legislative are rather subordinate to the executive power of the president. <laughs> <laughs> to the palace. Uh, paint a picture of the Palacio de Alvarado for us, Stilian. Unfortunately, these days it can only be viewed from far. I was very lucky to have um, visited it, but certainly even from far, we can appreciate a white, monumental, modern palace. It is called the Palace of the Dome, and it is positioned precisely at the eastern tip of the monumental axis at the point where Brazilian sun rises. And it very much followed the example of the so-called Casa Grande, the low, long structure of the typical 18th century house of the patriarch of the colonial plantations. For it had been highly romanticized mm. by early 20th century nationalist ideology and turned into a symbol of native uh, Luso-Brazilian tradition. And like that Casa Grande, Nimaya's Palacio de Alvarada includes a beautiful, small, independent chapel that can also be viewed from far. You mentioned before, they are both notable uh, individual buildings, but you noted, mentioned before the, the importance to, to Neymar of the, the ensemble effect, the, the, the effect of, of, of grouped civic buildings along these great axes of, of Costa's design. Can you talk a little about that? Indeed. Uh, Neymar respected fully Costa's uh, specifications in the master plan. His... Um, symbolic forms from Brazilian's male buildings produced clear, memorable signs for each institution of Brazil's democratic government. So although government buildings required additional accommodation soon after their completion, that decision to restrict the size of each building in the first place was both symbolic and political. Because small size guaranteed grand presence, as well as seemingly complete buildings within the limited time of three years. And Niemeyer, also the choice of a single architect, of course, uh, meant that some architectural coherence could be achieved. Mm. He himself always said that he pursued unity and harmony in his buildings for Brazil. 
you think the city achieves that 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 notable objective, that that, that sense of being the the past of the future? Well, Kubitschek himself asked Nehemiah to create a city that would rank together with uh, ancient um, Athens and Rome at the same level of um, recognition and uh, and beauty, let's say. Mm. So it was conceived as the Acropolis uh, of the new Brazil. So Niemeyer dedicated himself entirely, but also to the new project, but also worked with um, a team of uh, 15 old friends, as he himself said, motivated precisely by the same ideals. He was very, very much um, in the mind of the planner, the architect and uh, the president, Basilia conceived as um, an ideal project, as a, as a utopian project in many respects. Mm. And it, it certainly has protected this image. It, it conveys this image of an absolutely uh, new capital created um, uh, for a new age. It's interesting also that after Brasilia was inaugurated, everybody in Brazil bought the idea, bought the symbols. And uh, the, the, some of the architectural shapes that Oscar Niemeyer uh, designed for the building line, columns and, and types of windows and types of roofs, became popular. So you could see, I mean, I have images of squatter settlements using the same idea, same designs in their, in their columns. But, uh, it was popularized. It, it became like a McDonald's, you know? Everybody kind of liked that. Uh, <laughs> Brasilia is a city that is for those who live in that central original part. It's, it's pretty comfortable. The city was designed for cars. Only in the 70s, they put the first traffic light in Brasilia because all the uh, intersections were clove leaves. So you, you didn't have to stop, right? So for cars, until a certain amount of cars, it did well. Then they started being traffic lights. And then because of the commuting from the satellite towns to Brasilia, things became real crazy. So Brasilia has a subway now running through the central axis. So it's, um, for some people, it's very comfortable to live there. And Brasilia, in a way, was designed having the landscape as the protagonist. The, the main element is the landscape. So there's a lot of open space, a lot of views. Uh, the sunset in Brasilia is very pretty. Uh, and those people that were born there uh, or went there very early in their lives, they love it. They love that. I mean, there's a lot of green space. But the other question about that is like, who takes care of that green space? Yes. It's the, it's the public sector, right? So it's very expensive to maintain Brasilia. Brasilia, of course, had its critics. None more forthright, none more pointed, none more excoriating than the Australian critic Robert Hughes. This is what you get when perfectly decent, intelligent and talented men start thinking in terms of space rather than place. 
and about single rather than multiple meanings. It's what you get when you design for political aspirations and not real human needs. You get miles of jerry-built platonic nowhere infested with Volkswagens. This, one may fervently hope, is the last experiment of its kind. The utopian buck stops here. As a modernist project, um, it, it's now had, you know, there's a longitudinal study here. We, we, time has elapsed and we've seen how this has panned out. What's your assessment of that? And I guess what's your assessment of, of that against its original modernist intent? Against its original modernist intent, I think it's a very successful city. Because if you can picture yourself, I mean, sometimes I do that because that's my, my area of expertise. Sometimes I think, what would I have done to design a city or to plan a city at that stage in history, right? How do I start from zero? So I think that having the super blocks as neighborhood units and rationalizing planning like that, I think it's perfectly natural, right? Okay, so what's the population? Oh, oh, these four blocks is like 20,000 people. Therefore, I need a school here and I need kids to go to the school on, by, on foot, right? So I, I think logically it's excellent. The, the trouble is that it's a very tight logic. It doesn't allow for much flexibility. One of the examples are the, the commercial zones between the blocks. I mean, Lucy Costa thought of having this row of shops turn towards the housing and with a street in the middle. <laughs> of course, that's not natural. So all these commerces started to turn towards the street, right? And then there was not enough parking because they were designed to serve the residents. But of course, nobody can prevent if the bakery will become famous and everybody from the sea will come here to buy bread and there's no, no parking, right? So I think that lack of flexibility in the plan and lack of planning for that flexibility uh, is the main problem of the city. Everything, it looks like a model, right? A big model. I think that the success of the original plan as a symbol uh, is its own problem in the sense that Brasilia became a national monument. You mm. cannot change things without a very difficult process. And this, this freezing of the city is a real problem because you, you can't really solve issues. For instance, you can't really do mixed use in the residential blocks because it's not permitted in the original plan. So you cannot do anything that goes against the original idea. So in the extensions of Brasilia, uh, I mean, theoretically, the, the residential wings were also supposed to extend, right? Uh, so some of the extensions are already being adapted to either to developers' needs or to different types of blocks that follow the ideas but adapt to a, a new design a little bit. You mentioned their developers' needs, and I guess that's one of the very interesting things about Brasilia. It's, it's a city developed as a counterpoint to that normal investment model of 
the growth of modern cities, that this is one in which, no, that was not the guiding principle. Right. I mean, the, the, the state owned whole, all the land, right? And, and they followed the, uh, I think, the British uh, new town's um, ideas of having this, this semi-public corporation that owned the whole, the whole territory and, uh, and sold footprints for developers, basically. So developers had to uh, design according to a very tight set of guidelines, and heights, uh, footprints, etc., and 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 produce that. So the uh, the development of the city, in a way, was very tight. It was like very architectural, right? It's not it's not a, a planning vision. It's an architectural vision, pretty much like new urbanism today. It's like mm. we have to build this way. You've been listening to Lost and Found, this time from Brasilia. You heard from Vicente Del Rio and Stilian Filippo and Robert Hughes. Producers are Mira Edler-Gillies and Lisa DeVissi. Technical production by Brendan O'Neill. I'm Jonathan Green. listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.